everybody. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am your host, Vanessa Coppas, and I'm joined by Bella's publisher, Jennifer DeSillis. And we have two very special guests joining us today. The first, Nika Stewart, um, who is, oh my God, I've known Nika for when I was doing like a history lesson, I was like, oh my God, 11 years, because it was right when my, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, should we even be mentioning that? Um, and Oriana Julianne, uh, we just connected uh, several weeks ago with uh, during this entire COVID crisis, uh, because not only are you featured in our current issue, yay! Um, but you decided to, um, you own a construction company and you decided, you and your husband decided to shift your entire business to making masks. Uh, and when we connected online, um, you shared some, um, you know, a little bit of your life with me and I was really compelled to bring you on because as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about resilience and resilience is, um, something that, you know, I think that, uh, not everyone has and i think that everyone searches for and it's not until something either life altering uh happens to you that we tend to really fall into that flow but um you know sometimes you you know people have said over the years that you're born with it uh other because you're you're, you're kind of thrusted into that direction in your life but before um i take any more time i would love love for each of you to share um, with our audience, who you are, what you do, and why we're having this conversation today. Nikia, go ahead. Thank you. I am Nika Stewart. I, I live in central New Jersey, and I am uh, the CEO of a social media agency for uh, personality-driven brands. We help people get their, their brand, their voice, out into the world in front of the people who are supposed to know about them. And during this time, the, the structure of my business has not had to change because we've, I've always worked from home. Our employees, most of them work from home and the ones who have come into our office have been able to work from home now. Um, but since the world has changed, our clients' lives and businesses have changed. So that has changed. Uh, what we're doing, who we're working with, and how we're helping people, uh, but but we're learning just like the rest of the world what the world needs and and doing our best to. Uh, I've heard the word pivot is controversial now, but I'll still use it. You know, we're pivoting. <laughs> I don't know I why. But I've, pivot. Yeah. I wonder. Everybody <laughs> has had to pivot. Yes, of course. Yeah. So I. Don't um, yeah. But yeah, so we're we're pivoting, <laughs> but we're also. We happen to be, I guess, fortunate in that our business has always been online and in the cloud, and we're able to do it without have all of us having to go to one place. Uh, but since our clients can't all do that, we, we're changing how we help them. Yeah, it's amazing. Oriana? So my name is Oriana. I am a mom to four children. I own a construction company. Our company has definitely taken a very huge hit during COVID-19. Um, our business, obviously, we're not non-essential construction, so we've had to kind of stop doing what we're doing, which has impacted our finances and pretty much across the board. It's like 
you don't know where you're going to pick up or when it's going to end or how you're going to make it or if your company is still going to be open. You know, there's so many what ifs and worries and concerns. Um, for me as a person, I have to say that I've made it through worse. So I feel like I could definitely make it through this. If anything is possible, this is definitely one of them. This is kind of like, hey, I got it in the bag. Don't even worry about it. Um, I know for most people, they're kind of like panicking. I've spoken to some business owners as well, and they are not dealing with it as, as well as I had hoped, you know, they're kind of yeah. a lot of crying. There's a lot, I'm going to have to shut down. I don't know what I'm going to do. My mortgage is overdue. Like there's all these worries and concerns. Um, all I can say to everyone right now from, from a business standpoint, not as a personal standpoint is. You've all been here before, whether you realize it or not, you know, nobody has started a company or a business without having a couple of months of, oh crap, what am I going to do? Right. We've you can all say, oh shit. You don't have to. <laughs> so pretty much. This is a fucking shit show, right? It is a shit show. What we're going to do. Is, yes. and no business owner can sit here and tell me that during the life of their business, they've never had a couple of weeks or a month or a couple of months where they were like, business was slow. They're just starting out. How are they going to pay their bills? I think we've kind of all as a society put like this COVID-19 umbrella of dark clouds over us that has made us feel like trapped in this bucket of crazy. But if you took COVID-19 away, we've all made it through. Yeah. We're, we've all been okay. You know, we're, we're going to be just fine. I think it's really, um, I love that you brought up the fact that um, we've been here before because I think that that is at least the common conversation that I've been able to have with um, colleagues and friends that are entrepreneurs because this is not the first time we've been like low, you know, it's, it's, it's been, um, I think that if you've managed to build any business, you know um, that this like you've been preparing for this moment, right? Like you slowly, I mean, it's been a tremendous blow to many people. Others ha are actually thriving. Um, but when I look at my husband, my husband, you know, is still, he obviously has um, works for someone else and is, has a nine to five job. He is an essential worker. His, he's actually a construction and is considered essential um, because he works with um, the train and the and, and actually in, in, with New York City Transit. So it is um, needed, which thank God, because otherwise I don't even know if we'd be having this conversation today. However, um, you know, it's in, um, from a business standpoint, it's not anything that, just like you said, any business owner who really hasn't, you know, admitted to the fact that they've been here before, really, you know, um, it's just being, you know, you know, I guess living in, in the clouds just because I know I've been through something similar before. Uh, so I also know that we're only going to make it out of this stronger. But the reason you're both here is because aside from businesses pivoting, controversial or not, don't really care. Um, <laughs> we're still gonna use it because it's a great word um, because it's, it's pivot means shift, change direction, uh, adapt, uh, or be resilient. You're both here because um, from your own personal journeys, you both had to pivot um, in really, really big ways. And, Nika, you know, um, obviously you are um, 
one brave mofo, I got to tell you, girl, you are, uh, I had the opportunity to watch um, your video and we'll share a link with everyone so they can know what we're talking about uh, with your pre-COVID self. Uh, and um, it's a really fascinating take on uh, what all of this is um, doing, not just to you, but um, how you, you know, to everyone, but how you have managed to plow through all of this. But I would, I would love for the listeners to hear it uh, from your own words. If you could start at the beginning, that would be wonderful. Oh my gosh, the beginning. Well, <laughs> the beginning of my, the circumstance that you are referring to is started yeah. in December when I went for a, my regular annual mammogram and d they discovered something suspicious. Um, it felt like a few years of then going through testing and waiting and more testing and more waiting and and people not getting back to me and the anger and all of that. But it really was just about one month um, before I learned and then decided that I needed to have a double mastectomy because I have had breast cancer. And so, uh, and this was before the world shut down due to COVID, at least in America, in, in the United States. So I was, I was just dealing with my own uh, circumstance. And um, I, I, my husband sometimes says now that it's interesting that we're going through this and it almost feels like a blessing that we're going through this now because we are so, my family is so um, obsessed really with what's going on with me that it's, we almost forgot, we forget on a day-to-day -day basis what's going on in the world. Um, so as much as people are struggling and suffering, we're almost not. <laughs> I mean, not that we're not, I and mean, we were dealing with it and there, there are extra issues, but, um, but we have some other issues. So, and it almost feels like a blessing that we get to focus on something else while while so many people are suffering with something that we would be suffering with if we didn't have to worry about my illness. Um, but anyway, it turned out that um, it just, all the, the results just kept, get, kept getting worse and worse. And it turns out, so I needed the double mastectomy, then I need five months of chemo, uh, which is why I look like I do now. And, um, and thought, I always you, thought- it You look beautiful. Oh, not everyone, let, let me tell you, um, not everyone, and, and I don't mean this in a dismissive way, but not everyone can rock that. And girl, you look, <laughs> you look beautiful. You really do. Thank so, you. Yeah. And I feel like in, I, I, I re, as soon as I heard, okay, you're going through chemo and it is one of the drugs where you will lose your hair. My first thought is, you know, that's one of the, my favorite things about myself is my hair. I love playing with it. I like, I ha always had big, long, full Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair, yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> yes. um, and I use it with things, you know, I, I'm in a band and I sing. That's kind of my hobby and that's my passion. And I could never imagine rocking a song without flipping all this hair like and you know and of course now it's so unimportant in this grand scheme of things but of course i first hear about it and i said i'm losing both of my breasts which also by the way were one of my favorite <laughs> about myself. well i would think yes <laughs> um, so i loved my breasts i loved my hair and i was losing those two things um and then during covid when all of a sudden it's been a month since i've been to a nail salon i had to cut all my nails off and i remember texting my friend about a month or so ago and saying 
I, I now I'm losing my nails. I'm losing every part of me. And that's when I finally got sad. <laughs> um, it's, and I'm like, wait, why am I sad about my nails? Big deal. But it just, anyway. Um, so, um, so I'm going through all of that while this is going on, but yet, um, I guess, and the reason you're asking me here is I, I apparently I figured something out that is helping me not, not to be, feel completely destroyed. And so when we talk about that, I would, I would love to talk more about what I'm learning and how I think, and I feel like my job right now is to be putting out this energy of optimism and looking at our blessings and and helping people other people realize how blessed we are um, and how there's a good thing in all the struggles too not to belittle it but i feel like finally like instead of it's so easy to say oh you'll be okay when everything's going okay for you but when you're going through a tough time and you're still and you could still say no you're going to be okay you have some some like credibility <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I i feel like i I, I will say everything will be okay i have yeah. to say really quickly you are a freaking rock star because like everyone obviously everyone keeps saying you know this is awful everything that we're going through and 2020 has been horrible and complaining of course because it's sad and it's scary and so much going on but the fact that you're dealing with that on top of all of this and still like have a smile on your face. Oh my God, I'm about to cry. I knew I was going to cry if we did <laughs> I told you so, to be prepared. Like, so, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. And, and, and the thing is, you know, because I obviously have a personal connection to Nika and I've known her for so long and I have just known that, um, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you know, you have people who you always um, keep in your circle and at least we've stayed in touch, you know, online and we live so close by to each other, uh, but we've kept tabs on each other, you know, uh, virtually you've come to some of the meetings that we've hosted in the past for ATT Women. So, you know, there's always been this kind of, you know, um, uh, pat on the back, keep going, keep moving forward. But I, you know, when I learned about your illness and I remember messaging you and um, initially in the, you know, back in December, and I was, I, I sat there because when it does, it's like, you have kind of like this outer body experience when it's happening to somebody else because you could never really place yourself right unless you're living something um you know we always say like uh we have to place in ourselves in other people's shoes but i could not imagine um having to make difficult decisions like you did um you know having a daughter who um i had the pleasure of meeting also years ago and and as time has passed seeing how you guys have, and I could actually cry, um, have just come together to not just help you be, get through this, but also help other people, which in the end, you know, is what I too believe is what we need to do for each other. And despite your illness, despite how shitty you felt in the morning, despite, and you've turned all of this shit, because it's a shit storm, um, into laughter, into joy, and into music. Girl, like, I'm, I'm assuming after all of this shit is over, we're gonna have like a, a you know, like a playlist of all your songs <laughs> that you have created, because believe it or not, she's actually composed music um, with her daughter and created these really amazing videos of just different scenarios of how she's coping every day. But before we get to that, let's also allow Oriana to uh, tell, share a little bit of her story 
with us as well. I just want to say hats off to you. Seriously, you're, you're a rock. I did take I really my hat off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One, you're absolutely beautiful. So never doubt it. Hair or no hair, you're gorgeous. I said this in the beginning of the meeting. And <laughs> like, I, I don't know how, you, how I would handle it. I wish, I could only wish that I would handle it like you. I, I don't think I would. I'd probably just curl in a ball in a corner, but you're amazing. Really? Amazing. Well, I'm doing that too. I mean, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. But today, so good job. That works. That works. Um, so my name, I obviously introduced myself. I'm not really good with the whole public speaking thing. Even though it's very awkward. Um, so my life story is obviously very, very different. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. So I you know, I guess when I was born, I was kind of granted the gift of having a really <clears throat> dysfunctional household, I guess you can call it. Um, my mom was very heavy into drugs at the time. And I was kind of bounced back and forth between my mom and my dad. Um, at a very young age, I lost my mom to HIV. Uh, she was diagnosed when the tests first came out. She went because they were free and they were giving them out like peppermints. And um, she found out that she was HIV positive. And when I was 10 years old, she died from AIDS. So it was a very weird and rough teenage years because nobody really knew what AIDS was. Like everyone was like in a complete panic. So it was like, Oriana's coming over. Don't let her eat on the real spoons and don't let her play in the room. And if she gets hurt, let her lay there and just be hurt. Like I remember I fell and I cut my chin open and everybody cleared like it was like if you sneeze in supermarket right now like that's what happened to me and they all just kind of stood there because Miranda's mom had AIDS so like you can't touch her you can't help her and um so I kind of went through this weird phase in my life and during that time my mom had been in like very abusive relationships and um I guess you you learn what you live right you just you take it on to you. So at the age of 15, I found this guy who was my saving grace, I guess. But not really when you hear the end, but he was my saving grace at the time. I was living with my Nana. Um, we had very limited funds. She made the best of what she could with what she had. And here was this guy. I was 15. He was 20. He had a job. He had a career. He had money. It was, this is great. You know, like this it's what I was looking for I was that girl that stereotypic girl that like I was looking for this daddy figure which is sick and twisted but most women do it and they don't even realize so I found this guy who gave me rules and regulations and stipulations and it felt good to have structure and have somebody tell me like you need to be home and you need to do this because I didn't have those parent figures so he was that for me um Fast forward 15 years down that relationship, we had four kids. During that time, um, he was extremely, extremely mentally and physically abusive. Um, I couldn't figure out how to get out. There was like no way out. It was, I was trapped in a hamster ball of just nonstop crazy. Like the, you just feel like you're drowning in sorrow. Like I, I it's so hard to, you don't know until you're in it, how hard it is to get out of it. You know, like when you're in it, it's, 
it's not so bad. Like, yeah, he just told my daughter that I was a dumb bitch and hoped I died of cancer. But 10 minutes later, when I was crying, he would come to me and apologize and say, sorry, and are you okay? So it was like, he would push me into a hole, but then he'd be like this light that I was so grateful for. I'm sorry, my daughter, what? Got it. Thank you. Sorry. There's a storm coming. I need to charge my phone. Um, so <laughs> he would be, he would be like my biggest devil and then my angel. And it took me so many years to realize that I was repeating history. What I saw as a kid and the fear that I had and the hide in a closet and don't come out and be quiet. Like, I was doing that exactly what I said I never wanted to do as a parent. I was doing that to my kids. And I had to find the strength and the courage to figure out how to, how to leave, right? How do you leave when you have no money and you're not allowed to have a credit card and you're not allowed to have a savings account and the house isn't in your name and you have no education. You just have these four little beautiful things looking at you like, what do we do now? And, um, it was like the last straw. It was during one weekend that he, um, I absolutely refused to, can I say certain things or like, are we limited? It's completely up to you. This has no, there's no filter in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was one weekend that um, he decided that he wanted to have sex with me and I refused to because that was my way to get money to feed my kids. If I wanted to throw a birthday party, there were things that I needed to do for that. And um, I said no, and he decided that he was, he was gonna do it anyway. And two weeks later, it was about, I woke up and I was like, I am fucking done. Like, I am done. I am losing myself as a person. I don't know how to eat. I just didn't know how to function. I, I didn't know anything. I was just, I was gonna lose myself and I had to make the choice. Like. It was a hard decision. Do I end my life or do I figure out how to start a new one? Because that's pretty much where I was at. I couldn't figure out how to get out. So I went down to family court Monday morning when he went to work and I told him that I had to take the kids to the doctor. And I filed the papers that day. This guy was a cranky pot. He was so mean in this courtroom, but he helped me. He helped me figure out how to do it for free. And I did it. And four days later, I had somebody serve him that he was out of my house, which was amazing. I had no clue what I was going to do. Two weeks later, I found a job as a receptionist. Um, I was worked my way up to being manager of the real estate office. I, I did what I had to do to, to make ends meet. Um, during that time, my ex-husband had kidnapped my children. He had disappeared with them. He had done drugs in front of my kids, which then led me down the road to, obviously we were in family court for the last four years because he decided that he was going to, I guess, take the road my mother did and in front of my children. So in family court, five years later, I met the most amazing man where I thought I could never ever trust or be loved or just feel respected ever because it was the one thing he told me 
You will never find someone to love you with four children. You will never be able to make it on your own. And I found this guy who had a six pack and his green eyes, like what? I don't have boobs. I don't have any four babies, no money. And there's this guy that's like, wants to be with me and my kids. And we opened this construction company and a couple of years later, we bought our first house last year together. And my kids have their own bedrooms and we, we made something for ourselves, you know, like I can turn around and say, no matter what I went through, I made something of myself. I showed my kids what I was never shown. I showed them that when shit hits the fan and life gets rough, you have to pull up your big girl fucking panties and you need to make shit happen. No matter how hard it is, it's what you have to do. And just last week, I found out that my ex would like to terminate his parental rights to my children. Wow. Which opens up another door of adoption. And we are now going to have Peter adopt my kids as soon as the courts open. And there is, there is a happy ending. Like, I'm not done with my life. You know, like, don't ever take this conversation as like, I've reached my point of where I want to be. I'm not even close to it. I want more. I want the world. Like, the sky is my limit, and I'm running with it. Nobody will ever knock me down. Nobody will ever take my stuff away, you know? Yeah. Well, I had heard a snippet of what you just shared with us. And first of all, thank you so much for um, being so vulnerable and sharing, because um, if there's one thing that I know to be... What? I'm sorry? My hands are shaking. (laughs) (laughs) That's typically what happens when we're being vulnerable and just sharing. And um, the truth of it all is that when we do open up that door to having an open conversation, um, especially as women, when we're sharing our stories with each other, what we do um, unconsciously and consciously is that we're allowing other people to heal and also giving them permission to come the, to unravel themselves in this process too because you there's there are so many women um in scenarios not just like but similar uh that could only uh, that what my hope is that they can see that it is possible for them to come out of it on the other side one of the reasons why i um connected to your story is because because i was uh, a victim of sexual assault at a very young age and um the way that it scarred me through life and kind of hindered my growth for a very long time until I decided to begin to share with other people my story. Um, And that's when the healing really, really began for me. So um, let's get to where resilience comes in. Where do you find the strength, um, Nika, for you to get out of bed every day? Because you're still in a process of healing. Um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing your, um, chemotherapy countdown, uh, on social, because I know that it's one session closer that you're going to get to the finish line, but how do you, with, um, you know, side effects and how you're, you still manage to, to show up for us online, um, which is really commendable. And honestly, you know, I know I'm personally grateful for that. And if you don't follow Nika, we're, like I said, we're going to share everyone's social so that they can connect with you. But how do you, how do you even begin to um, just take the, the one step, the first step? Yeah, I, I, what I discovered, but I first want to say, look at what women do, what, what <laughs> women do 
And she said to me, I don't think I could get through that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, women are so freaking strong. Yeah. And, and then we look at other women and think they're strong. I mean, we have such love for each other and we support each other. We need to continue doing that. And, and so thank you, Oriana, for sharing and telling me that you think I'm strong because coming from you, wow. Um, I know. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I just, it, you're amazing. Uh, I, what I, I feel like there, there's certainly things like things that I'm doing that are helping me that may work for other people or they may not. But the bottom line that I am really getting clear on is that when we, when we are aware of the things that we can control and the things we can't control, life becomes easier no matter what. There are many things, well, circumstances like COVID-19, like having to stay in your house and not go to restaurants and the shopping mall and things like that. Um, having a partner who is a certain way, a spouse or a partner, we can't control who they are. That's a circ These are things that are circumstances that we can't control. There are things we can control and it starts with our thoughts and our feelings. I'm not saying we can't control being with a partner who's abusive. Obviously you can control your actions, but you can't control the person. But yet we as women try to control <laughs> who our, our partners are. We also feel like if we were just not in this circumstance, like what's going on in the world, or my diagnosis, or whatever the circumstances that you think is negative, you can't control the circumstance, but you can decide to think of it differently, and you can decide to feel about it differently. And it seems simplistic, but it is just the absolute truth, and any of my optimism and, and resilience and strength is coming from knowing that I can control my thoughts and my feelings which will lead to actions and results, um, which that's the part I need to get better at, the actions and the results. But I've gotten pretty good at the thoughts and the feelings. It's a good start, I think. Um, so just for me, remembering every day when something is negative, that knowing it's negative is just a belief. It doesn't have to be negative. Um, it got really tough for me to, to remember that and to actually think positive thoughts when the physical side effects came from the chemotherapy. That for me got very difficult because it suddenly was, and it, and it got more difficult because I thought to myself, I thought I had this and now I feel so crappy that how am I gonna continue feeling optimistic and cheerful when I, you know, when I just wanna throw up or just, I just, it's so icky. Um, but even this week, having a few days of just feeling not good and feeling so bad about not getting everything done. And, uh, and you just said, Vanessa, well, you put out these videos and you keep putting stuff out. Yeah, but I was like dark for a few days. Oh, no one noticed. Like no one is like, it's like, I think that my responsibility is to everyone else and keep being there. No, I just have to get through this. Um, and that's almost as a side thing that's going on for me. It's like, I, it's okay to not, so I have sympathy for myself. Um, we have to learn how to care and be as good to ourselves as we are to other people because we're so kind to everyone else that if, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, they would not be your friends anymore. Uh, but again, it all goes back to what we can control and we absolutely can choose 
what we want to think and what we want to feel. So starting by knowing that will help us get through any circumstance which we can't control. Um, it's easier to figure that out when things are going well, to choose thoughts and feelings that feel good. <laughs> when things are not going well, we just have to practice. Yeah. And the idea, and I heard a coach say this just recently that when we have a, a goal, we set a goal for ourselves, it's, kind, it's, it's, it's easy to give up on it when things get hard because yeah. we have a choice to give up. It's pretty exciting that we're all going through this together right now because we can't give up. Yeah. We have no choice. So yeah. we can choose to actually grow yeah. because we can't give up. It's so easy to give up on our own goals and then we don't grow. But during this struggle, you can't give up. So keep going and we're all gonna come out. If we choose helpful thoughts and feelings and actions, we're gonna have great results. So let's get excited. Like I'm choosing the excitement of having to go through challenges and trying as, as often as I can to focus on that when I'm not feeling good so that I don't remember the pessimism and the, the fear and, and all of the negative thoughts and feelings. <laughs> That's awesome advice. Um, and I'll add something after Oriana shares um, what her sweet sauce is to, you know, realizing and you know the one day that you decided to just get up and go um what um how did you begin to do that i don't know if i have a real good sweet sauce you know thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah the only thing i can say is that i did every day was a different day for me you know like if i sat there and i thought about in a month in two months in three months what am i going to do i became really really overwhelmed and panicked which meant I was just ready to, you know, fight or flight. I'm, I'm just going to fly away. I'm not going to do it. So I had to really focus on today. Like what was happening today? What did I need to focus on? What did I need to get accomplished? Um, for me, I kind of had this like stupid little thing. I'd go in the mirror every day. And my biggest thing, and it's what got me through the last seven years, was pull up your big girl panties. Like that was my thing. Every day when I thought I was going to cry or I couldn't do it or I'm not going to make it, I'm going to fail. My kids are crying. Like it was just pull up your big girl panties, right? Like you can't, you can't want something and not want to take action to get there. So if anybody is similar to my situation or going through a situation like I am or I did, my biggest advice to you is to say, talking to your friends and family about it is great, right? It's all great because you, you get it out, you release it, you feel better. But change doesn't come by words. You need action. You need to take action. You need to rip off that Band-Aid and you need to do it. Like you can't sit there and wait for the world to change. You have to wake up every day and you want change, go get it, right? You, you want a different life, make it happen. You have to do these things. It's, I'm sorry, hold on one second. Hi, I'm on the Zoom. Sorry guys. You have to, you have to do these things to better yourself, you know, and I'm still a work in progress. I don't have any sort of special magic secret. Every day I wonder like, oh crap, I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. I didn't remember this. And you know, life gets in the way, but every day I have to say like, okay, you know what? It's been worse. There's been worse situations. I've made it through that. Nobody has clean underwear. Sucks to suck. We'll figure it out. You know, like you have to, you have to figure it out. You know, I, I I don't really know. I don't have like a magical answer for anyone. Just well, I, I think that, and 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 just to kind of um, 
carry that into obviously the conversation we're having about resilience is I think it's just, um, you know, hope I think is one thing, right? The hope that it is going to get better uh, or that it has to get better. And you said something very key, which is action. Um, you can't just pray, um, you know, these feelings or these beliefs uh, away or these situations away. You can't just think them away. Um, however, to your point, uh, Nika, about the belief in, um, you know, that is tied into uh, will, right? Wanting to get better, wanting to feel better, wanting to change the circumstances, the scenario. Um, however, with that will and wanting, does it does come attached intrinsically with action. You have to do something about it. Um, something that I keep reminding, you know, my community of women that I'm surrounded by virtually now, obviously, because we have no other, uh, but other way to do it is, you know, you can't wait until this is over to begin doing what you've been wanting to do. You have to begin to take action, um, you know, whether whatever that plan was or whatever that timeline was that you had, whether it was for your business or for your personal goals, you know, it doesn't stop with this three month hiatus that we've had um, during this crisis. Like you have to keep trekking forward. I mean, I know, and I think I, 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 I ran, you know, I came across this quote several years ago, which is why I think, because people have um, dubbed me of like, you know, like a little energizer bunny, like I'm always going and going and going. And it's just because I, I, it, I have no choice but to keep going. Um, and because this dream of becoming, uh, not myself, but, you know, carrying over a community of women who connect with each other, who share their stories for the benefit of each other because it's not self-serving it's to help women and, and and give resources um you know of beauty and fashion and travel and health and well-being because those are all parts of who we are as you know human beings um i can't just sit here and be like okay jen we're gonna shut down until august until you know the bands are lifted that we get because otherwise um the blessings like you said uh nika before have continued to come despite the crisis. And it's because we still kept things moving along. Um, you know, and there is no secret sauce. And I didn't want, I don't mean it for it to, to, to sound because we, we tend to compare, right? Our circumstances to someone else's. And uh, we just live in comparison, but we all do it. Um, I have learned um, to stop it. I'll look at somebody else, what they're doing, uh, if it's in alignment with what I believe in, awesome, and I'll cheer them on, I'll reach out, and what are you doing to get there? I'll emulate, I'll try to follow suit, um, because there's this, this, there's this perception uh, as women that because we're doing similar t things, we're in competition with each other, when in fact, um, what I'm doing is probably opening 10 doors to someone else uh, that's coming up behind me or somebody who's doing it their way. Um, and we could actually do it together to make it bigger and better. Um, that's my two cents with that. You know, I've always believed that, that you know, it, I mean, it's even the tagline of uh, the community that I co-founded with Lynette, uh, together we achieve more. Like that is just... The reality of it um, when we join forces and when we um, share in our pains and also in our joys we always come out of it stronger on the other side um, what would be 
your uh, one piece of advice to anyone who is, um, just because we've presented two completely, you know, different, Jenna's like, whoa. My mind <laughs> is just like, oh my God, I just, like hearing both of you talk, oh my God. I think and we I, need to start serving alcohol, even though it's early. Five o'clock somewhere. Just because the scenarios are very different, but you know, I wanted to really showcase um, that despite what we're all going through, like you, that, you know, like you said, Nika, that we're all going through this together. We all have our own personal circumstances that have, um, you know, that we've had to endure. What would you say uh, to a man or woman who, um, in your case, Nika, is going through um, just a really, you know, difficult health diagnosis and how you're, you know, how you're facing um, your day each day and just obviously thinking into the future, what would you say to them? Um, I think it it comes back to again looking for the blessings in the struggle or the silver lining or the gorgeous in the chaos. Like there's so many ways of saying it. Um, and I I always used to feel like it was so petty and small to or even insulting to say I would never say to someone who had cancer. Well, but what are the blessings in that? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So there has to be a much better way to say it, but but now that I'm going through it, I can ask myself and, and honestly say, there are blessings in what is happening. And the more you focus on, I, again, I feel like this is just so silly and, and but, it, but it, is, it, it is what is working. Every day, every morning I wake up and I focus on all of the blessings, not just the blessings that we all have and we're all fortunate and if we have a home and we feel safe for the most part then we're very blessed um but the blessings that are coming because of my cancer diagnosis and there are many that were not things in my life that i didn't have before and even the even if i would not choose to have cancer there are so many beautiful things that have come from it from it and even though none of us would choose to have this global pandemic what are the things that are coming because you have to stay home and you have to be safer and you can't spend all your money going out to eat or whatever it is that you used to spend your money on that you can't now like what are the there are blessings coming from it and if every day you remember what those things are from the, the blessings that are coming because of the terrible thing that happened then you are able to get through it a lot easier. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make you never have a bad moment or a bad day or a bad week. It just makes more time feel better. And when you feel better, you're able to continue living life and giving to other people, which is what makes the world go around. Love that. How about you, Oriana? If um, someone who's listening is, in a similar situation that you were in um, and wants to get out, uh, what would be your one piece of advice that they could um, you know, just begin to put like a plan in place? I would say, again, you have to take action, right? So for me, I would say you have to sit down, come up with a plan, what works for you, right? The world is gonna tell you all these like cool little tidbits on how to kind of get 
things together and not get things together. I'm sorry, my God. This is quarantine life. Everybody's home. So <laughs> um, for me, I would say, um, you know, you're going to have all these people giving you like all this crazy advice, you know, like everybody becomes an expert at everything when you're going through some shit. And it's like, oh, you can try this, try that, go here, go there. Nobody really knows, you know, better than you what's going to work for you. So I can give you all the advice in the world. But you are the only person that knows your head, that knows your heart, that knows your strength, that knows what you can do and what you can't do. And where to seek to go deep down in there to find what really makes you tick and what makes you drive, you know? I, I honestly, there's really no good advice. Like for me, it's, I had 5 million people telling me 5 million different things and none of them fucking worked. Yeah. None of them, you know, seriously. It, they really didn't. It was like a waste of my time and a waste of their breath. And I'd walk away like, is this guy's head up his ass? Like, did they really yeah. just tell me that that was going to be easy? It's not. Yeah. And I, I'd be stupid to sit here and tell anybody that was in my situation that life, you know, it's easy or it can be done. It's not. And, and, and I'm glad you touched on that because it, he, and if anybody has never read the book, The, Ro the Road Less Taken, uh, please do yourself a favor and uh, download it and get it. And, and uh, the road less traveled, I'm sorry, the road less traveled. Um, because that is, um, for me personally, it was life altering to really come, like I understood it, but it didn't, like when you put words to paper and you're actually, you know, you read it and you're reminded of this, like life is not supposed to be easy. We're not supposed to go through this world having, you know, no scars or no stories of no battle, no, you know, no war stories to share. And some may be graver than others, uh, but at the end of the day, um, these are the things that uh, continue to just help us to continue to move forward and living and give us hope like we've said before. And, um, keep tracking forward because um, this is, you know, we, if there's one thing that I, you know, like I thought motherhood had shown me, you know, all of these parts of me that I had never explored. And I thought that I was, God, I'm superwoman, right? Like I'm able to handle all of these things. Um, this crisis itself has also shown me that I am capable even more than I thought of, of so much more than I thought myself capable of. And I was like, you know, I have kids and I got this down. Um, oh, hell's to the now. Like, you know, I think um, God, the universe, whatever you were believing, um, like was just getting started, right? And um, this moment in time is teaching us so many tremendous lessons. And while we may have been or not going through personal circumstances um, through this all, uh, you know, what you both have shared, um, if anything, um, what I, my, my prayer to anyone listening is that it serves you as an example of, um, you know, what resilience really looks like, what resilience personified actually looks like. And, um, I know for a fact, when I learn of someone's circumstances and they, you know, again, you compare them to what you may be going through, they're lessened, your burden is lessened. And you realize that, you know, the shit that you thought was hard is really, it's really nothing compared to what other people are going through in the moment. Um, any last words uh, of wisdom that you would both like to share before we go? Because believe it or not, we've been chatting up a storm for 
almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Our time is literally almost up. <laughs> Nika? One thing that I'll add that has helped me is to know during this time that we're all going through together, that there is something that you do that is unique to you that will help everyone else in the world or many people. Uh, so if you think about what that is, and it may not be you're the only one in the world who can do this type of thing, but there is something that you are uniquely good at uh, or passionate about, and it's a great time to be putting that out there. Uh, even if it's not related to working or making money, it can be a hobby, it can be fun. Spend time doing it because it helps you, and, it, and you putting some joy out in the world will help other people. It's just a perfect time to do that, and that will definitely help you feel like you're in control of the situation. Awesome. Ariana, any last words? I don't really have any. I feel like I've said quite a bit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've all shared um, quite a bit, and I appreciate you guys' time. Um, if anybody wishes to connect with either of you, uh, Nika, how can we find you? Uh, I am on social media at Nika Stewart on most of my accounts, Nika Stewart or Nika Stewart CEO on Instagram. But um, yeah, so look my name up. I, there's very few Nika Stewarts in the world, and I'd love to connect <laughs> with you. <laughs> And you're a very, very special one. Oriana, how can people find you? And like you, my name is extremely unique, Oriana. So if you kind of Google Oriana Julian, you're not going to find many of those either. You can find them <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> cool. Am amazing. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, we wish you continued um, blessings with, with it all. Because as we, we've heard, um, we got to keep looking for the blessing in, in the chaos and in the madness. Thank you so much, ladies, yes, for joining us today. Thank you.